The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, or as the Old Testament says, shalom. Oh boy, wouldn't you like some more peace these days? I have never met anyone who has said, I'm good. I don't need any more peace. I have more than I want, more than I need. I have too much peace. Uh, I want to err on the side of over-communicating and over-emphasizing that these fruits we're discussing this fall are just that. They are fruits. A peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And when peace is lacking or deficient in my life, it's usually because I've allowed the works of my flesh or the works of someone else's flesh to dominate my thinking. And uh, sometimes it's the result of the fruit of the unholy spirit dominating my thoughts. And that's really something to think about. A lot of people don't think about the unholy spirit. Uh, if you don't have a deep abiding peace in your life, a peace that surpasses your understanding, you might want to evaluate whether you've given the unholy spirit any like real estate in your heart. Sometimes all he needs is like a square inch and he'll sit on that inch and drip his poison. And the byproduct is often thoughts and feelings that lead to death, not life. They are thoughts and feelings that are really anti-shalom. In the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew word used for peace is the word shalom. It's a word that we don't really use today. It's a beautiful and complex word. But to simplify it, we can just define shalom as whole or complete. We often associate peace with this like feeling, and that's not wrong or incorrect, but we might articulate it as the resulting feeling that we get when our mind and our body and our soul and our spirit are made whole and complete because of Christ. We often refer, refer to the work of Christ on the cross as a reconciling work. You know, think of the word reconciling or bringing back together something that is divided. The shalom of God is the result of Him making things whole or reconciled. I once heard someone say, Shalom is the operating system of heaven. That's so good. I'm a computer and tech guy, so that saying really is helpful for me. Shalom is the operating system of heaven. It's God's desire for you. Uh, for you to be made whole and complete, not broken and divided. That's his desire for you. If you have a computer or like a smartphone or a tablet, you have an operating system that is living on here and is keeping things going and, and is able to run things and apps, programs, is able to do things for you. If you've ever upgraded to a new operating system or updated before the bugs have been worked out, you know that suddenly your phone feels broken and incomplete and it often leads to frustration and a lack of peace by the user. The operating system of heaven is one of wholeness and completeness. It is shalom. It is peace. I want to ask you the question, what operating system do you have that runs in your life? Do you run on anger? Is your operating system one of anxiety and fear? Do you have an operating system of worry? And the tangible gospel is that because of Christ, you don't have to live a life run on or by fear, worry, anxiety, or any of those close cousins. Now, parents, I want to encourage you to help your children this week experience peace. 
Uh, one idea may be more outdoor playtime and less screen time, especially in this weather. Um, what we've learned is that children's minds and their souls need space to think and ponder and to like play. And uh, I encourage you to try to help your kids, help facilitate this for them. You might think of what activities cause your kids to engage and experience peace the most. This pandemic has stolen peace from a lot of us. And this week, I wanna encourage you to lead your kid or your kids uh, in regarding peace through the two acts of prayer and thanksgiving. You know, whether that's around the bedtime, around the dinner table, but to simply pray for what's on your heart and to share what you're grateful for. It's an incredible um, way that we can train our families and train our kids to begin to experience God's peace through prayer and thanksgiving. If you have a Bible, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6 today, the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to look at two types of peace. There is the, the vertical peace that we have with God, and there's also this second peace that we have horizontally with others. So Matthew 6, we'll start in verse 25. Jesus teaches, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown to the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the word of our Lord. This is, of course, a classic teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's not hard to grasp or even relate to. We have all worried about the details of our lives. And Jesus teaches us to simply rest in the character of our providing Heavenly Father. He says that there's actually no like functional need to worry or be anxious. And that if we, um, instead of seeking after those things of this earth, if we sought after Him and His kingdom, those things that we're actually worried about will be given to us. Now, at first glance, you probably notice that he doesn't use the word peace, and you'd be right if you noticed that. But I think um, we can tie um, peace in here because in Philippians 4, Paul links this teaching on peace with uh, this teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. So I want to encourage you to flip over to Philippians chapter 4. This is one of the, the classic New Testament verses on peace. And I want you to notice how um, it kind of ties to this moment in the Sermon on the Mount that we just read. Philippians 4, verse 4, it says, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Here it is. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. So there's something we can do. We can practice these things. And the peace of God will be with us. I love how practical Paul gets. He says very simply, don't be anxious about anything. And how do you do that? By praying about everything. Don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. Be a person of thanksgiving as well. He promises and teaches that if we would just pray and practice gratitude, then the peace of God will come and guard our hearts and our minds in Christ. Our feelings and our thoughts will be guarded by God. Now, while this is often challenging to put into practice, I found it to be so true. If I will just take the moments to just stop and pray and then to practice gratitude, just doing those two simple things, God's peace does come and takes over my feelings and my thoughts every single time. The question isn't, will God do that? The question is, will I step back in times where I'm not at peace and practice these things? This peace of God that Paul talks about is a peace that is free from anxiety and panic. It's a peace that is true freedom. And it's so key in our lives. And it's one of the reasons why we include a time of confession, forgiveness, and peace in our worship times every week. And so briefly, that's vertical peace. This is the peace of God. But there's another peace that Paul talks about a lot, and it's most likely the specific peace he has in mind in Galatians 5 when he lists out the fruits of the Spirit. And it's the horizontal peace with others. And there's so many New Testament passages we could go to here. But for simplicity and for time, Colossians 3 is a great text that explains it, and it also gives us some practical things that we can practice to cultivate God's peace in our lives. And so I want to invite you to, to trust me here. If you have a physical Bible, we go grab it, and I want you to turn to Colossians 3 and find something to act as a bookmark because it's going to be kind of really important, and it's kind of our homework for this week. And if, if anything, you don't have a physical Bible, pull it up in um, kind of the Bible app. But um, this is so practical and it's so helpful and it moves far beyond just theological language and it gets to some practical things we can do. Colossians 3 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Remember the Sermon on the Mount, seeking first the things of God, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above not on the things of the earth, similar to what Paul said in Philippians. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. 
In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you indeed were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is thick and it's so good. Um, have you ever had your car inspected and the mechanic comes out with this clipboard and like a hundred point inspection list? They go one by one and look for certain issues that are common and that might need to be worked on to get your car whole and complete. I like to look at Colossians 3 as one of those inspection lists. And I want you to remember this, that the next time that you notice the lack of peace in your life, whether it's by the presence of anxiety or fear or worry or some other emotion, uh, I want you to just remember this moment and to pause and go to your bookmark in Colossians 3 and just scan this checklist. It won't be hard to notice where God is at work and where he's inviting you to functionally repent and believe his reconciling gospel. Now, depending on how you count, there's something like 16 of these questions that you can ask yourself, and I'm just pulling them just one by one from Colossians 3. You can start at the very top, and you can just ask yourself, what am I seeking? What is my mindset on? Am I keeping company with anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, or lying? Have I forgotten that I'm a chosen, holy, and beloved child of God? Am I kind? Am I humble and meek? Am I patient? Am I bearing with one another? Am I forgiving or am I harboring unforgiveness? Am I choosing to love? Am I letting the peace of Christ rule in my thoughts? Am I letting the word of Christ dwell richly in my life? Are you in the word? Am I teaching and admonishing others? Am I receiving teaching and admonishment from others? Or in other words, Am I surrounded by spiritual cowards who are afraid to speak the truth and love to me? Am I singing? Am I expressing gratitude? These are just like 16 things you can go through. And like, if the answer is no to some of these, um, you can just repent and believe and, be, and begin to cultivate um, God's peace in your life. Uh, seriously, try this. It's such a helpful diagnostic to show us where we are cultivating the fruit of the unholy spirit instead of cultivating the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is the announcement of the availability of the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. Prior to Christ, we weren't whole and complete. We were apart and separated from Christ. 
And if you feel that way right now, if you don't have the peace of God, and if you feel separated and, and, and away from Christ, I want to invite you to surrender your life to Him. If you want to know how to do that or talk to someone or pray with someone, we'll put our email on the screen. I'd love for you to email us, and we'll get back with you, and we'll work through this with you. You know, Ephesians 2 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He has made us both one who has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and preached to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to one spirit in the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I want to invite you today to receive God's peace. And if you need help, again, doing that, please reach out to us, email us. We'd love to talk to you and pray with you. If you're following Jesus, I have two practical things for you. The first is to bookmark Colossians 3 and to use it as a diagnostic the next time that you lack God's peace in your life. The second is I want to invite you to copy this old prayer I found from Francis of Assisi. We'll have it written out in the video description. We'll have it pinned in the comment of this video. So if you want to come back and find it, you can copy and paste it into your phone or your computer, print it out or write it out. But I want to close by praying this together. And if you're able to pray out loud, I want to encourage you to pray out loud with me. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Abba Father, whose dear son on the night that he was betrayed instituted the sacrament of his body and blood, mercifully grant that we may receive it thankfully in remembrance of Jesus Christ our Lord, who in these holy mysteries gives us a pledge of eternal life and who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray as our Lord taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.